When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Wizarding World Lorecast, where we're going to take a deep dive into the world and lore of the Harry Potter universe, such as the creatures, the people, and yes, even the magic. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Wizarding World Lorecast. I am one of your hosts, Ben of Tamaria. And I'm Captain Shenko. And uh, if you've been following the Lorecast, we just ended a a three-part episode for the origins and nature of magic in the Wizarding World. And segueing from magic, we are going into Wandalore. And very, very exciting. It's super exciting. I, I love wands. I own three. I have Harry's. I have one from like 15 years ago from some random wand shop. And then I have my own oak wand from Ollivander's. I used to have um, Cho Chang's wand and I had the interactive one. And for, for anyone, because this is just most people are just listening to this. I'm Korean, so I thought it was funny to buy Cho Chang's wand because that's my sense of humor. Um, but I recently gifted that, well, not recently, last Christmas to my friends because they just had a baby and they took their baby to Wizarding World so that she could see everything. And she loved watching the people do the spells. So that's what my wand is. That's awesome. And yes, if you don't own an interactive wand, go get one. They're on Universal's website. Or if you want to just even do it like a more traditional and probably the best way, go to the Wizarding World, go to Ollivander's, and buy your own wand. And you can cast spells all over the park. There is even a map that you they, it goes it's packaged with every wand. The inter, at least inter, every interactive wand, and it shows you what spells and where you can perform these spells. It's really fun, and it's actually kind of difficult if you're not precise. So, really cool. And I enjoyed it a lot when I had the wand. I let my mom use it. She's a bigger Harry Potter fan than I am. That's saying something. <laughs> and considering that we're here, right? But right. Uh, she loved it. Now it's with my niece, so I don't think it. I don't think it could be in much better of a place. Mm-hmm. And fun fact: the wand motions for like casting the spells at the park are the same exact wand motions you have to do on the mobile game Hogwarts Mystery. Ooh, very exciting. coincidence? I think not, because it's owned by Warner Brothers and Wizarding World. So let's jump into the history because I think we've got quite a bit to cover for yes. wands. Yeah, we actually do. We do have quite a bit of history. Uh, so wands were developed in Europe. Go figure. At an unknown point, those known that it was in the BC era, the Ollivander family started manufacturing wands in 382 BC, and over time they earned a worldwide reputation in the 13th century of the Elder Wand, which would become known as the most powerful wand in existence, was created. The first witch, uh, witch who was a wand maker in North America, was Irish witch Isolt Sayer, uh, Sayer names, uh, who came to North America and started making wands for their, her adoptive sons and students for her school, Livermore, and with her husband James Stewart. Uh, with the passage of Rappaport's Law, 
No child was allowed to want until they arrived at Livermore, and they had leave them there during the holidays until they reached the age of 17. By the 1920s, the use of wands had become common in North America, although every witch and wizard, including tourists, needed a wand permit. So just like if you need to hold your own modern wand, <laughs> quote-unquote, in uh, any city, you need a permit. Because it's a weapon. So... Yeah. <laughs> An unknown point in history, wands were introduced to Asia. Cherry wand masters received special per, uh, prestige at... And you can probably help me out with this. I think it's Mahutokoro. Mahutokoro School in Japan. In the 20th century, wands were introduced to Africa where they were uh, least, less commonly used compared to other parts of the world. And there was at least one known business that specialized in tuning wands to improve their performance. Repair services were also available. Okay, where so was that repair wands, service? Wands are like, uh, wands are like um, sports cars. <laughs> yes. yes. Tune and tune. repair your wand. It, where, where's the repair shop with, uh, with Ron? Like, he, like, what happened? What the heck? I mean, there's a lot of kids in that family. I think the wand repair budget's probably non-existent. Fun fact: that wand, his wand, was actually a hand-me-down from his yes. uh, one of his brothers. I think it was Charlie's. Hmm. I recall from so, the book. Wand preference is genetic. <laughs> yes, it can be. Apparently, uh, so magic and wands. Magic uh, with a wand was usually usually performed with an incantation. But more experienced wizards could cast nonverbal spells, which they concealed the spell until the, until cast and might therefore prevent an opponent from acclimating, protecting him or herself in time. Wands were referred to as quasi-sentient because their being imbued with a great deal of magic made them an animate, as animate as an inanimate object could be. And then every single wand was unique and would depend on its character, on the particular tree and magical creature from which it was derived its materials. Moreover, each wand, from the moment it's found, its ideal owner would begin to learn from that, learn from and teach its human partner. So they're like, basically wands are semi-sentient, obviously, because of the whole thing, wands choose the witcher wizard. It's and a wand can reject a witcher wizard as well. Correct. Um, and we see that actually in the films where like Draco's like it's mainly in Deathly Hollows we really see this in. Um, like Draco's wand, uh, Harry disarmed him, took Draco's wand and then took it to Ollivander and Ollivander said, oh, it's allegiance has changed. Meaning it preferred Harry over Draco because Draco had a lot of inner battles with himself trying to yes appease his family but also tried to be his own person and his wand because of the core it used and the it, of itself preferred harry because harry knew what his like knew what he was heading for and there's also the elder ron as well that that the elder ron did not want to be with Voldemort more for the fact because it wasn't truly his that's a whole different thing. So, um, going more into this, Wandlore was a specific class of magic that referred to the history and magical properties of wands. Mr. Ollivander claimed that it, had a, it was a complex and mystery branch of magic. The idea that a wand chose the witcher wizard could switch allegiance was a part of wand lore. And then the Celtic tree calendar had assigned trees to different different parts of the year and sometimes played a part in the wand lore this calendar showed each month and the wood that went with it some wands and their owners aligned with the calendar such as harry potter hermione granger ron weasley his first wand and draco malfoy because ron does get a second a uh, different wand after chamber of secrets because you know his broke I mean, it was already on its way out. <laughs> it was, sadly. Um, and then their wands were made of wood that would link to their date of birth. Harry was born between uh, July 8th, 
July 8th and August 4th, and his wand wood was holly. Hermione was born between September 2nd and September 29th, and her wand was vine. Ron, Ron was born between February 18th and March 17th, and his first wand was made of ash. And Draco was born between May 13th and June 9th, and his wand wood was hawthorn. And they all have their different meanings. We got into it a little bit uh, when we talked in our episode zero when we talked about which wands we had. Yes. Like I was Laurelwood. Mm-hmm. But Universal doesn't have Laurel, that. so I had to go with Oak. Yeah, you told me what your wand was, and I was like, that is the most Gryffindor wand I have ever yes. heard of in my life. It is great. I love Laurel, but. If I could have a Laurel Laurel wand, I would. But Universal needs to make more wand woods. For yeah, their stuff. I looked at I looked at the ones weird. that were in alignment with me, and I didn't like how any of them looked, and that's why I ended up with Cho Chang's wand. That's fair. So now we get to the wand woods, and holy crap! is there are a lot of different woods that are used in wands. Like, I'm, like, I was researching all this, because I knew some of them, but, like, I did not realize there was a, this many different types of woods that they use for making wands. And, uh, I will let everybody know now, all the wand woods I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk, like, a description of that wand wood. These are all in the words of Ollivander. Mr. Ollivander that we see in the films and the books. So most wands were long, thin rods of wood with magical substance imbued in their core along with the woods were used. So that we first start with Akia? Acacia. Acacia. See? I don't know words. Words are hard. Uh, a very unusual wand wood which was found to create tricky wands that often refuse to produce magic for any but their owner and also withhold their best efforts for all those most gifted. Then you have alder. Alder is an unyielding wood yet has been discovered to the ideal owner is not stubborn or obstinate, uh, but often helpful, considerate, and most likable. Older wood is well suited for making flutes and pipes and for building bridges. Older people are adventurous travelers and confident decision makers who trust their inner voices. Older people should work hard and maintain a balance between work and play. And then so, yeah, good go for on. workaholics. Yes, yes, older <laughs> wood, so older wands are good for workaholics. Uh, now we go to Apple. Applewood wands are not made in the great number. They are powerful and best suited to an owner with high aims and ideals, as this wood mixes poorly with dark magic. So, apple is not good for anybody trying to be evil. So, if you go to Ollivander's and an applewood wand picks you, chances are you're not the twist villain. True, yes. Uh... (laughs) Then we have Ash. The Ash Wand uh, cleaves into one true master and ought to be not passed on or gifted to the original from the original owner because it will lose power and skill. This tendency is extreme if the core is of a unicorn. Tools magical and ordinary made from ash are ex- especially productive as ash trees are known to attract energy. Ash people are kind and generous with the gift of seeing what is beautiful in the world and in others. Ash people should be careful that their romantic hearts do not lead them into danger. And then the we want do... for the bleeding heart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then we have Aspen. Uh, wood quality Aspen wood is white and fine grained and highly prized by all wand makers for a stylish resemblance to ivory and usually outstanding charm work. And then Beach. Uh, the true match for a beach wand will be if young, wise beyond his or her years, and if full-grown, rich in understanding and experience. Beach wands perform very weakly for the narrow-minded and intolerant. And then we have Blackthorn. Blackthorn, which is very unusual wand wood, has a reputation in view well-merited or being best suited to, to a warrior. 
Then we have black walnut, less common than the standard walnut wand. That of a black walnut seeks a master of good instincts and powerful insight. Black walnut is a very handsome wood, but not the easiest to master. And then we have cedar. Uh, whenever I meet one who carries a cedar wand, I find strength of a character, unusual loyalty. My father, Genvaris Ollivander, always used always to say, you will never fool the cedar carrier. And I agree, the cedar wand finds its perfect home where this, where there is a perspectively in perception. Meaning cedar wands, like, once they find their owner, that's their owner for life. And they're never, never wrong, apparently. They, they know what they want. <laughs> yes, exactly. Cedars know what they want. Uh, we have now Cherry. This very rare wand wood creates a wand of strange power, most highly prized by a wizarding student of the school of Ma... Mahutakoro. Mahutakoro. In Japan, where those who own cherry wands have special uh, prestige. And if you've never seen a cherry tree, they're beautiful. Enough said. Mm -hmm. uh, now we go to chestnut. This is the most curious multi-faceted wand, which very... Uh, oh no. Uh, varies greatly in its character depending on the wand core and takes a great deal of color from the personality that possesses it the impressionable one yeah and then we have cypress cypress wands are associated with nobility the great medieval wand maker garant olivander wrote that he always honored to match a cypress wand for he knew he was meeting a witch or wizard who would die in a heroic death that's terrible it's like, here's your death sentence. Here's here's a cypress wand. Okay, cool. Yeah, expect to die in about 10 years. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm gonna what? Take it back. No, no, no. The wand chooses the witch or wizard. <laughs> right. It's like, sorry, you're probably gonna die. <laughs> now we have uh, dogwood. Uh, I have found that matching a dogwood wand with its ideal owner is always entertaining. Dogwood wands are quirky and mischievous. They have playful natures and insist upon partners who can provide them with scoop for excitement and fun. I can only think of Tonks when I hear this. Because, <laughs> like, if so, if you play Hogwarts Mystery, Tonks, um, which you, well, we all see Tonks in Order of the Phoenix. And in the book, that's where she's, like, truly introduced. But in Hogwarts Mystery, she is a very mischievous and trickster while she's at school at Hogwarts. I can totally see her having dogwood. Just because... So we she, don't know what she has. I don't know on the top of my head. I think we do. Possibly. But I don't know on the top of my head. Um, then it goes to Ebony. This jet black wood has an impressive appearance and reputation being highly suited for to all manners of combat, combative magic and to transfiguration. And then we have the English Oak, a wand for good times and bad. This is a friend as loyal as the wizard who deserves it. Wands of English Oak demand partners of strength, courage, and fidelity. And then we have Elder. Ooh. The rarest wand wood of all in... Reputed to be deeply unlucky, the Elder Wand is trickier to master than the other. It contains powerful magic, but scorns to remain with any who is not the superior of his or her company, and it takes a remarkable wizard to keep the Elder Wand for any length of time. Well, I wonder why, because it has a thing to where whoever kills the owner gets the wand. Hmm... Sketchy. <laughs> Pretty much. The wand is a serial killer, not the not the owner. <laughs> yes. Then we have Elm. The unfounded belief that only purebloods can produce magic from Elm wands uh, was undoubtedly stated by some Elm wand owners seeking to prove his own blood credentials, for I have known perfect matches of Elm wands who are muggle-born. And 
we are going to stop there before we go come back with more wand woods we are going to take a short break Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about everything with the show that has nothing to do with the lore of the wizarding world. Uh, I just want to thank everybody who reviews uh, our show on Spotify. Uh, We still don't have a review on Apple. But if you do want to leave a five-star review on Apple and leave some words, we will read it out on the next show. And then uh, continue to support us and give us stars on Spotify. That definitely helps us show grow as we get to new listeners. And then um, I do want to take this time to promote um, we are part of other shows. I am one half of the Holocron History show uh podcast where we take a deep dive in the star wars lore between the canon and legends of things and shanko i know you have your own show i do i'm also one half of another show i do this little thing called the mcu Lorecast with psych of the mass effect blue shift uh live play tabletop rpg game um we go into the stories and history of marvel comics and the mcu film counterparts Um, I'm also getting ready to launch the fight space, which is a mixed martial arts podcast, one of the only female led mixed martial arts podcasts and something I'm really excited about. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And then uh, you can also find us on the robots radio discord where you can find this show. We, you can find the MCU lore cast, the um, holocron histories, uh, Witcher, Elder Scrolls, Mass Effect, like we have so many different shows on the Robots Radio. If you can think of something, more than likely it's probably on there or soon to be a thing. So join us on the Discord. The uh, link is in the description below in the uh, podcast notes. And then uh, also, I just want to let everybody know, follow us on Twitter at www.lorecast and you can also email us with topics and all that fun stuff at the wizardandwarlorecast at gmail.com and then um, I've been thinking about this I think we should might be going doing live shows in the near future so follow us on Twitter uh, there'll be updates on there to go follow it's probably going to just go through my personal Twitch to where that's where I'm going to be streaming the Holocron History show and this show going forward. And I will also be streaming a bunch of games for the both shows as well. Only if I could stream older Harry Potter games. But, like the, what was it for the PS2 with Flat Hagrid? Yes. Yeah, uh, Sorcerer's Stone with Flat Hagrid. <laughs> Uh, I always, always enjoyed playing Prisoner of Azkaban. I don't know why. I just loved playing that one specifically. But you can't get any of the old Harry Potter games. Hmm. Like, it's just like Warner Brothers doesn't like doesn't have the game rights for them because of I think the developers actually went bankrupt or something, or they got absorbed to where they couldn't do anything any anymore with them. I have no idea. Hmm. But. What you console bet. do you have? I have a retro gaming store in my town. I only have the newer stuff. Mm. So, I have PC. I have to buy a whole PS2 just to play old Harry Potter games? Or a GameCube. Or original Xbox. Like, I like it was on multiple consoles, but you can bet, like, once Hogwarts Legacy drops, I will be playing that, and I will be streaming it. I will buy a second copy on PC. I, I'm getting it on PlayStation 5. 
but you bet I will probably buy one on PC just so I can stream it. Because why not? Oh, people would love to see it. I would love to see it. Right? And then uh, I'll probably get back into streaming some Star Wars stuff. Uh, I am big in the Elder Scrolls, so you'll probably see me like stream Skyrim, maybe a ESO, stuff like that. But it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, follow the Twitter, get more info. Um, you can even follow my personal tr- Twitter, uh, Benetameria. It's literally just my name. So easy, fun stuff. But anything else to add for the mid-break? That's it from me. All right. Well, let's get back into it. I love that spell noise. So now we're coming back to more Wanwoods. And when I said there was a lot, there's a lot. <laughs> now we have Fur, uh, my August grandfather, Gerboid, Octavius Ollivander, always called Wands of this wood the Survivor's Wand because he had sold it to three wizards, which who subsequently passed through mortal peril unscathed. Yeah. And Main character energy. <laughs> then we have Hawthorne, the woodmaker or wandmaker uh, Gregorovich uh, wrote the Hawthorne makes a strange conductory wand as full of paradoxes as the tree that gave, gave it birth, whose leaves and blossoms heal, yet those cut branches smell of death. And we do see Gregorovich and Deathly Hollows. He is the wand maker that uh, Voldemort interrogates, trying to find the Elder Wand. Mm. Then we have Hazel, a sensitive wand. Hazel often reflects the owner's emotional state and works best for the master who understands and can manage their own feelings. So someone in charge of their feelings. Sounds like a Virgo. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's true. Uh, now we have Holly. Holly is one of the more one of the rarer kinds of wandwoods, traditionally considered protective. It works most happily those who need help overcoming a ten- tendency to anger and I don't know how to say that word. Impetuosity. Impetuosity. Let's go with that. Oh, wood from holly trees has magical healing properties and thought to be thought to repel evil. Holly people make good leaders and and thoughtful, loving, and effective counselors. Holly people should use their understanding, use their understanding of the dark, hidden side of humanity to guide others in their time of need. Then we have Hornbeam. Hornbeam selects its for its life mate, the talented witch or wizard with a single pure passion, which some might call obsession, though I prefer the term vision which will almost always be realized. Okay. Then we have Larch, uh, strong, durable, and warm in color. Larch has uh, long been valued as an attractive and powerful wandwood. Its reputation for instilling courage and confidence in the user has ensured that demand has always outstripped supply. And then we get to my wandwood, a laurel. It is said that a laurel wand cannot perform a dishonorable act, although the quest for glory, a not uncommon goal for those best suited for these wands, I have known laurel wands perform powerful and sometimes lethal magic. So it'll kill in honor, but not for just any reason. Correct. So if it's self-defense, yeah. And only for its person. Yes, exactly. And only it's for its user. Then we have maple. Uh, I have often found these those by cho- uh, ma- chosen by maple wands are by nature travelers and explorers. They are not stay-at-home wands and prefer ambition in their witch or wizard. Otherwise, their magic grows heavy and lackluster. Then we have pear. Uh, this golden tone wood produces wands of splendid magical power, which gives them the best in the hands of the warm-hearted, the generous, and the wise. 
Possessors of pair wands are, in my experience, usually popular and well-respected. Then we have pine. The straight grain pine wand always chooses an independent individual master who may be perceiver as a loner, intriguing, and perhaps mysterious. Pine wands enjoy being used creatively and, unlike others, will adapt unprotestly to new methods and spells. So it's very adaptable, apparently. Then you have the poplar. Poplar? Uh, if you seek integrity, search first among the poplars. Here is a wand to rely upon of consistency, strength, uniform power, uniform and uniform power. Always hap happiest when working with a witch or wizard of clear moral vision. Someone who is very on their moral compass, apparently. We have now the red oak. You will often hear the ignorant say that the red oak is an inflatable sign of its owner's hot temper. In fact, the true match for a red oak wand is possessed of unusually fast reactions, making it perfect for dueling wands. Yeah. Dueling. My favorite pastime. I mean, good entertainment on TV. I like those... Uh... <laughs> those wands that you can get online now where you put the little piece of uh, paper that catches on fire in it shoot your friends with it i would love to get that because it would terrify my boyfriend i, I could around a corner and just zap them. i need to buy one of those i've seen so many tiktok videos on those all over social media like you literally just put like toilet paper or something of that type of paper in it and you press a button and it like shoots it out like you would be casting a spell that's awesome it's great i've seen so many videos of people like um like with significant others like scaring the crap out of them and like thinking they were going to catch fire or something like that i'm already <laughs> a fan of this level of chaos yes it's great uh now we go to redwood one quality of wood redwood is in short supply yet constant demand due to its reputation for bringing good fortune to its owner hmm. so it's lucky it's a lucky wood it's why the redwood forests have to be protected <laughs> yes exactly uh now we have reed reed wands are best suited to those who are bold and elegant speakers and prove to be protective friends and then we have Rosewood. Unfortunately, Rosewood does not have the info. There will be a handful of wand woods that we have in this list that have yet to have the descriptions. Um, a lot of this comes from like the Pottermore site and some in the books, but mostly Pottermore because of the um, wand quiz that they have on there that you can get. Now we go to Rowan. Rowan wood has always been much favored for wands because it is reputed to be protective than any other, and in my experience, renders of all manner of defensive charms especially strong and difficult to break. And then we have Silver Lime. This unusual and highly attractive wand wood was greatly in vogue in the 19th century. Demand outstripped supply, and uns subscorpus wand makers dyed substandard woods in an effort to fool purchases purchasers into believing that they purchased silver lime it's that hmm. rare that wand makers started making fakes Jeez. how's that work you're like all right this is rowan it has these qualities you get it and you're like what the hell is this what mm -hmm. is this he's what is this? <laughs> this isn't silver lime. What is this? And you look and it's like, why is this oak? <laughs> like it's just painted. What is this? Right, yeah. And then uh, we now go to spruce. Unskilled wand makers called spruce a difficult wood, but in doing so, they reveal their own inadequate uh, ineptitude. Ineptitude. Uh, it is quite true that it requires particular deafness to work with spruce, 
which produces wands that are ill-matched with cautious or nervous natures and become positively dangerous and fumbling fingers. And then we have Snakewood and Sugar Maple, with both, unfortunately, we don't have any explanations or descriptions of these wandwoods. Uh, then we go to Sycamore. The Sycamore makes a questing wand, questing wand eager for a new experience and losing brilliance and if engaged in mundane activities is a quirk for those handsome wands that it may combust if allowed to become bored. You're just asleep one night. And your wand and just blows dorm, up. And you just are poof. You look and you over. look over on yeah, you look over and you're like, oh no. Everything's caught on fire, your wand's broken in half. And I was like, what's happening? Yeah, the headmaster, your house comes up and they're like, what happened? Oh no. god dang it. <laughs> oh, it's your another wand. sycamore caught fire. You weren't <laughs> studying enough because your wand got bored. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh god. It would suck to take a vacation. And not use your wand, and then just spontaneous explodes in your robes or something, and you just <laughs> caught fire. It's like, ah! <laughs> oh god, I can see stuff like this now. Holy crap! Uh, and then we have a uh, tamarack, which unfortunately is another wand we don't have any uh, description for. And then now we go to vine. Vine wands are among the less common types, and I've been intrigued to notice that their owners are nearly always those witches or wizards who seek a greater purpose, who have a vision beyond the ordinary, and who frequently astound those who think they know them best. Huh. Makes sense for Hermione now. It sounds like Hermione, that's for sure. Yeah. And then we I have... do wonder I do wonder, I mean, I know a lot of these probably have a basis in real history as far as what properties people attributed to them. Oh yeah. And I, I have to wonder where the properties I want, like, like they, like we had stated before and what's accurate to the lore is that the wand chooses their owner. Basically. I have to wonder how many of the character traits um, were pulled from what, wood the wands are constructed of rather than the other way around and mm -hmm. how much of the character development plays into what attributes are given to the wands within harry potter specifically right yeah because i mean at the get-go like wand words wouldn't weren't a thing like they weren't a thing until towards the later like mostly i think till like not till like Half-Blood Prince or Deathly Hollows is when we started getting more, like, actual, like, wand woods. I mean, there's a little bit we do get in, like, Sorcerer's Stone when Harry goes to Ollivander's, but, like, that was it. Mm -hmm. Like, he explains very briefly. And then he says, you know, because he gives it the little bit of lore bit where he says there's only been one person with this other, with this combination. Mm-hmm. So. And your phoenix only gave one other feather when phoenixes only give normally one feather. Mm -hmm. and, and it goes more into the woods like oh I know your mother and father they got their wands here I know what they are and he like gives he like gives in detail like oh yeah that's this type of wand and this long oh maybe you should have this one and whatnot. and that's all we got in Source of Stone and then we didn't get any more wand woods until we get to um, Deathly Hollows is when they started actually going more on that with having Ollivander back in the movies and then also of Harry constantly using different wands. And then we he's also... trying to figure out what he's compatible with and what he's absolutely not compatible with. Right. Yeah. And then you also have to like, they didn't start making their wands uniquely look like their looks of their wands unique until Order of the Pink... Er, sorry, Prisoner of Azkaban. Is when they started actually giving their wands a actual like unique flavor of their look and style. If you watch uh, Sorcerer's Stone or Chamber of Secrets, their wands are like you would go find in like a toy store, kind of a, like a wand. No, not like the black and the, with the white tips or anything like that, but like it looks like a wood wand. It's like here's a wizard wand, a fantasy wizard wand. Yeah, here you go. And you don't, I mean, they're not highlighted like this is Harry Potter's wand. Correct. And we don't get that until uh, Prison of Azkaban. 
is when they started getting more details. Um, but we got because the budget went up. <laughs> yeah, the budget went super up. <laughs> and then uh, now we go to we have three more left. Uh, we have Walnut, highly in, uh, intelligent witches and wizards that ought to be offered a Walnut wand for f- trial first because in nine cases out of ten. The two will find each other their ideal mate. I'm guessing a lot of Ravenclaws end up with Walnut. I would think so, yes. And then we have Willow. Willow is an uncommon wandwood with healing powers, and I've noted that the ideal owner for a Willow wand often has some unusually unwarranted insecurity, however well they may try to hide it. And the last but not least, we have you. The Yuans are among the rarer kinds, and the ideal matches are likewise unusual and occasionally notorious. The Wand of Yu is reputed to endow its possessor with the power of life and death. So, yeah, Yuans are probably no-go for, uh, on anything, because apparently, like... I'd imagine most dark wizards have you wands or some. I think I can't remember what Tom Riddle had. I think he had a you wand. I think his is made of you. I think I could be completely wrong. I'm just trying to recall this from my memory. Let's, I, I just opened the page. Let's see. Yes. Uh, yes. Tom Riddle was a known user and actually the willow wand was used by lily potter no there we go well with willow being like with healing properties it makes sense because uh lily was a very she was gifted in uh healing spells and charms and then also she was gifted in something else i can't remember which was it potions might have been potions i can't remember what she was gifted in but that's what we got on Wand Woods. And then starting next week, we will go more into the Wand Cores and go more into more other different types of Wand Lore. But mostly like with the cores and other aspects of the Wands, which is exciting. It, it's insane to me how many different variations there can be because for most of the described woods there are known users Mm -hmm. um, across the lore which i think is really interesting yep and then once we go into next week like looking up the wand cores like there's the three main ones that we all know unicorn dragon heartstring and uh phoenix feathers but i didn't realize there was like hey here's like a dozen other different types of wand cores that exist and it's like what there's more than three? What? But the three we get, and we'll go over this next episode, are the most common compared to a lot of the others. But as I said, we'll go that more in depth of that next week. And remind me, Shinko, what was your wandwood that you got? Ah, uh, what? I, I forget what I said because it's in one ear and out the other with me. <laughs> Let's see, I've got it saved in one of my show notes, I think. Um I want to say it was Alder. Alder? Okay. Yeah, I think I had Alderwood. Okay. Yeah, and then I had um Dragonheart String Core. I had, I think I have Phoenix Feather in my core. I'm pretty sure. I'm my I'm, I'm a Gryffindor. My wand's very Gryffindor. So yeah, I think I think I have a more or less a Slytherin one. So. Yeah, older with Dragon Heartstring. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of Slytherins yeah. had Dragon Heartstring. At least uh, we we know. I believe. Draco and Lucius Malfoy both had dragon heartstring in their wands. 
And they were both Slytherin, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. God, not wow. <laughs> yeah, and then that whole, like, you need to maintain a work-life balance thing in the Alderwood description. Thanks for the call-out, <laughs> wand. They I knew- don't have work-life balance. All I do is work. <laughs> Well, the wands really do know the Witcher Wizard. Oh my ah. god, that's great. Well, uh, that's all we got for this episode. Anything to add before we sign off? Uh, just that I'm excited to keep putting out episodes and to keep exploring the lore because it's crazy how much there is and how expanded it has become. Right, that I'm. It's insane on how it, it's like, and we say this almost every like the last four episodes we've done it's insane on how this world has grown in 20 years mm-hmm. like harry potter has been around it came out in what 94 95 i remember when the books were still coming out oh yeah I, I was my, like, my mom was a huge fan of the books like she i think she started reading them when the series had not yet been completed i i want to say deathly hallows had not yet come out by the time my mom made her way through the rest of the books. And mm-hmm. then she was at the store the day of release to get Deathly Hallows. That's awesome. Uh, and then we went to a bunch of the movies to go see them. I think we, I think I saw Deathly Hallows one and part one and part two, like three times a piece because I had to go with all my different people. And it, it was just, you know, it's it is crazy how big the universe has become because I don't think there was ever a concept of how large it would grow to be. I don't oh, yeah, think no, anyone ever is become a worldwide phenomenon. Like it is highly celebrated in the UK for very good reasons, obviously. Like September first is Return to Hogwarts Day, which I didn't realize that was like a legit thing until like this year, and I guess it's been a thing for the last ten years or something like that. So in the UK at King's Cross Station, they have an actual event where the Hogwarts Express leaves King's Cross Station at platform nine and three quarters. And this is a ticket. Sign me up. And uh, they even have a like uh, caged up. It's a it's fenced in, but uh, trolley going into platform nine and three quarters, like half of the trolleys like already in the gateway. And then you can t- get photos and stuff like that. It's not caged off. It's just out in the open. Oh, is it? Like for I, I know for there, a little bit they did have a cage for a little bit. I think during I think the events they, probably, they do. Yeah, I think they caged it for COVID too because they didn't want mm. hundreds of people going sense. up there and touching it. Um, but when I went several years ago, I went at the end of or it went during the summer of 2016. Okay. And I remember we got we left the airport at Heath or at, at or we didn't fly in we bust in or we we did the Eurostar the underground train in to um into King's Cross we didn't realize that's where they were dropping us until we show up get off our platform and then see the trolley with the owl cage and then platform nine three fourths like there and then we like keep walking and there's the big marquee sign out front mm-hmm. says King's Cross station and it was really really cool but there's that like but it's like a legit it's just like a working train station people that oh, yeah. live oh, there yeah. are just like oh King's yeah, Cross it's just, is it's like, just it's, a a, it's yeah. still a working train station to this day mm-hmm. and we have to remember harry potter is set in the 90s mm-hmm. like it's not like it's close to modern day it's not like in the 1940s or anything like that even though like the movies kind of kind of move that way but it's like it's 1990s it's just because of the medieval fantasy setting, kind of, because Hogwarts, you think it's earlier, but it's not. Yeah, it's like you guys are still using quills. I'm pretty sure they had ballpoint pens in the 90s. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing, and we'll go with more on this once we actually dive into Hogwarts, because I did have those show notes, and that, and I will warn everybody now, Hogwarts is going to be four episodes, because there's that much info specifically on the school. And it actually talks about why they don't use modern day stuff. And it makes like, oh, I guess that kind of makes sense for a magical school. But yeah, it, it's insane. And like on top of that, not just the whole King's Cross Station thing, but we 
they just announced for this year, like starting next year, we are going to get the first ever Wizarding World Festival. There's going to be a full-on festival specifically for Wizarding World. Now, there's still no info. We just know it's next year. Uh, we don't know the locations, so obviously Universal, the... Universal Orlando, Universal Orlando. <laughs> obviously, please, I live in Florida. <laughs> right. Uh, obviously, like there will be one in the UK, and they'll probably do a different time and date and location, obviously for the US, because. If you, they've been doing events the last couple of years, specifically like the Forbidden Forest event, the Return to Hogwarts event, and there's like a Yule Ball event. They've been doing a bunch of like showcases and props and stuff, like doing tours with stuff with the Wizarding World and Harry Potter films uh, in the UK. And they've been doing stuff in the US as well on different locations and dates on the East and West Coast. Um, I'd imagine they'll probably do something very similar to the Wizarding World Festival. As long as it's on the East Coast, I'm going. I don't. It doesn't matter. As long as it's on the East Coast and I can get a plane ticket, I don't care where. I'm going. <laughs> yes, I agree with you. I mean, we can't necessarily have the Wizarding World Warcast unless we make a presence at an event like that. <laughs> right. Exactly. And who knows? We could be special guests by that time. Right? <laughs> that would be awesome. And please welcome the hosts of the Wizarding World Lorecast. <laughs> That'd be awesome. But that is all we have uh, today on this episode. We will catch up with everybody next week. And uh, remember, the wand chooses the witch or wizard. Night, everyone. Thank you for listening to Wizarding World Lorecast. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can follow us on Twitter at www.lorecast. And you can email us at wizardingworldlorecast at gmail.com. And if you want to find more of us, you can follow me on the Holocron Histories podcast with my co-host Teacup, to where we take a deep dive into the Star Wars lore. Or you can follow Captain Shanko with Psych88 on the MCU Lorecast, where they take a deep dive into all things Marvel.